Welcome everybody to another episode of uh, my podcast and uh, my vlog. So hello, if you're watching on YouTube, I don't know why I wave because I'm not sure anybody does watch on, on YouTube. However, I do know that one person does watch my YouTube stuff and that is the uh, the awesome uh, Jacob, who is my guest to uh, today. Um, as always, my listeners will know, I'm always delighted to have my, um, uh, my guests on. And Jacob is not, uh, how can I put this uh, politely, the usual kind of guest that I might have on. And this is the reason I want to do this podcast. So uh, Jacob is 18 and um, his LinkedIn profile describes himself as an aspiring 18 year old entrepreneur looking to make a change in the world. So Jacob reached out to me on Connect With Me on LinkedIn over the summer, I think it was. And I was kind of intrigued, shall I say, as to why this, uh, why Jacob wanted to connect with me. And then he mentioned that he had actually been watching some of my uh, my videos on, on YouTube about building out the profile, hence wanted to connect. I then looked at Jacob's profile. Jacob runs his own podcast, which is awesome. So uh, Jacob very kindly asked me to be on his podcast. And this is the return favor of Jacob being on, on my podcast, where... I don't like putting labels on things, but Jacob is Gen Z, if we're going to do that um, label, or Generation uh, Generation Z. So I was intrigued to get Jacob on just to get his view of the world of social, digital, um, where he wants to go with his career and and so on and, uh, and so forth. So I will um, now shut up and uh, hand over to uh, Jacob. Uh, wonderful to have you here. Who, what, why, when, where, and let's see where this goes. Yeah, hi Alex, hi everyone listening, and thanks for having me on the podcast. So, yeah, as Alex said, I'm I'm 18 years old. I've just completed and got the results for my A levels, which I did business, maths, and economics. And uh, yeah, I'm now working in a company that's developing an app for uh, commercial expenses, and that's where I'm at so far. Yeah. Cool. So uh, do you want to share your results of this on, on air? You don't feel you have to if you don't want to? You don't, no, I, did, I, did, I did all right. I, did, I got an A star in business and an A in economics and a B in, B in maths. Fantastic. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Much better than me. I got three Bs in um, French, Spanish and, uh, and English. So um, you're already on to, uh, on to a, winner, a winner there. So your, um, your, your background in terms of, say, GCSEs, A-levels, then I saw you did, you know, we've all done it, a waiter, so I've done that, and then a marketing trainee at um, a bakery. Then you got a director at Lunite uh, full-time. So what's that all about? Uh, that was a company I set up with my friend from, I think I was about 17, mm-hmm. 17, and uh, we basically did the typical, typical teenager business where we ordered a load of stuff from Alibaba and tried to sell it but then we got into uh I don't know if you've heard of it Amazon FBA yeah where uh we we started selling products on Amazon and we we earned quite a bit of money from it but yeah that was that and there's not really too much going on at the moment whilst I took on my new job Cool. But yeah, it's still there. It was just a typical teenage business, to be honest. <laughs> I like the way you describe it as a t- and this, I suppose, is the, is the difference between um, the world that you're growing up in versus um, the world that I grew up in when I was uh, a teenager. Yeah. We didn't, this, none, none of this um, existed. So a typical, yeah, I guess, yeah. typical teenage business, um, I think the closest uh, for me was at a very entrepreneurial friend called Tom, uh, Tom Gittins, if he's uh, listening. And uh, we lived, I live in the, lived in the Cotswolds out in the countryside and he set up his own video store to try and take on Blockbuster. Um, <laughs> so you will have no idea what I'm talking about maybe, but we had these things called video VHS cassettes yeah. where you went and hired them. And I worked in his, his shop for, um, for a while. And the other aspect was working on a building site. 
um, as a labourer for six months to earn some um, earn some pennies. So already I'm seeing this kind of this. This is fascinating. That's what you see as a a typical teenager just yeah. setting up. I mean, to all, it's it's similar to kind of drop shipping, quasi sort of thing, isn't it? You, yeah, you buy the stuff, hold it elsewhere. Someone goes to Amazon or wherever, wherever you buys it, and then you you make a um a margin on that. And um, I do see a lot of people on um sort of more 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 so on YouTube now on TikTok around kind of pushing the uh, the promise of millions of uh, millions and riches in passive income. Yeah, call it. yeah, um, yeah. The, uh, the Amazon FBA model is a lot more sustainable and I think it's an actual way to earn money rather than the drop shipping, which is just so so many people in it now and mm-hmm. not really a, a model you can use anymore, but everyone gets this image in their head that they can be like the people promoting it and I guess that's where the, the, a lot of uh, teenage and people my age and a bit younger get into it. Just They sell you the dream and you think, might as well give it a go, like what have you got to lose? But... <laughs> I mean, I think absolutely in, in, in this day and age, but like anything in life, if it's too good to be due, generally, yeah, it generally um, uh, is. And just quickly, just for some of our listeners who may not know what we're talking about, Amazon FBA, do you want to just quickly just explain what that means and what that is? Yeah, so basically Amazon FBA is where you source products. So you go on Amazon, you see what's already selling. There's a few different models, but the way we did it was that you go on Amazon, you see what's already selling on there. You can get software that tells you how many times a day I and mean, things are selling. Mm-hmm. And then you just reach out to wholesalers and see if you can get them any cheaper from a wholesaler. Yeah. And then you can send them to Amazon. So you order 100, 200 products, whatever. You send them to Amazon individually packed and then Amazon will sell them and ship them for you, basically. So it's a good model. And it's, mm-hmm. how, it's how you get Amazon Prime products on Amazon without... Uh, Amazon selling it themselves so it's other people sending it to Amazon's warehouses and then yeah. Amazon deal with it there basically cool and what what was it that you you were selling uh m- mostly with stationery like pencils and things that's where we found the most margins yeah yes <laughs> it's incredible right you know there I was thinking you're going to come out with some you know newfangled toy or they just no, no, no. Yeah, pencils and stationery commercial side that's where you can make the most margins so. yeah a few toys are on there like you can go into tesco and see what they've got in the reduced section and then see if they're selling for more on amazon which is quite a fun thing to do but yeah it's the modern do you oh, the, i would say the modern day kind of garage gary v in his uh his yeah, garage yeah. sales or walking, garage, yeah <laughs> that scanning it and then flipping it for um flipping it for uh, for yeah. profit you know fair play kudos to you for you know, getting out there and uh, and doing it, earning a bit of um, earning a bit of cash on the uh, on the side. So, um, you now got your first role, so commercial lead at uh, Fleet Partnership uh, Solutions. So, what's uh, th- well, that's this? I had a quick look on a the thing. They do kind of uh, license verification or something. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the that's the business that's been going since two thousand and two. But we're looking at uh, the person that's employed me is uh, looking at uh, building a new bit of software that. Mm-hmm goes into the expense side of things it's all new and uh, nothing's really out yet but that's what we're working on looking at the expense side so I'm learning a lot on the app development web development how to grow a business from scratch and things like that so it's really useful yeah it's a good thing to be into at this age I think fantastic you know absolutely and if I um, so you've done you did your a-levels and um my listeners will know my brain kind of goes all over the place. So I have no real structure to this, but um, are you, are you, are you, is the plan to go to university or college or something to that effect? Or are you just going to just keep, just basically just stay in the commercial world and um, become the next Richard Branson? 
Yeah, so the thing is, with the school I went to, they were very pushy about university mm-hmm. and they didn't really, really, they had the careers office, but they didn't provide you with many op- other options. Yeah. You had to actively go out and seek an apprenticeship or mm-hmm. and uh, things like this. And yeah, they wanted you to go to uni, basically. So I had that from, from a young age and pushing me to university. But then I just had to look at something different because obviously I listened to a lot of people like Gary V and people like that and they yeah. suggest just just trying new things so I looked at things different and uh I actually got an apprenticeship with Ernest and Young okay yeah yeah DY um, the, uh, the big accounting audit firm yeah yeah but I decided to turn that down to go with this business because I think I'll just learn a lot more here than being at the bottom of the ladder in a big corporate but it was still a good opportunity and I've still got a place at Leeds University which I deferred to next year Fantastic. So, so I've got that as a backup doing business management there so yeah, I've got a few options, and I'll just see where see where life takes me for the next year. Really, I think you 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 are young enough to uh, to make mistakes, as it's uh, yeah. as it were, and um uh, and kind of plow your own your own kind of furrow. And I think yeah, if I reflect on you know university for me was was good fun. It was four four years doing a language degree at Exeter. Um, I was very fortunate. I was the last kind of cohort where it was free. Um, so the government paid for uh, you know for my education, and you know reflecting on on my education and what I did there has absolutely no bearing on kind of where I'm at now and what you know what I've been doing and how I've got to you know gone through that that's kind of almost been on the job um learning and, and training and kind of self-growth in terms of wanting to understand more around kind of me you know, my world is kind of digital sales social selling and etc cetera, etc cetera. and um you know my perspective now on on university, and I think hindsight is a fine thing. Is unless you want to do something where it is, you know, albeit required. So doctor, lawyer, all that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. Any kind of um, kind of scientific stuff. Um, if you have the opportunity in the wherewithal to take some time out and kind of get in there and start kind of what you're doing, building your own business, doing your own thing, and trying things before going to um, to university, then absolutely um, do it because. If you choose to go to Leeds, and my sister-in-law went to Leeds, had an amazing time there, absolutely you know, loved it. It's a cracking, uh, cracking university. You will learn stuff, absolutely. You'll make networks and you'll make connections with, uh, with people, which is incredibly uh, important. But from my perspective, I think there's now so much more, dare I say, opportunity, which you've already yeah. proven in the fact that start, a typical teenager just starting up you know, their, own, their own online e-commerce, uh, e-commerce yeah. business, that it's not necessarily kind of that defined you know path and loads of clips of Gary V telling parents not to send their kids to, to college and um uh, and, and and this yeah. and this and that so uh, we were talking about this before we we came on air and you know from my perspective I don't like putting kind of profiles on on kind of ages because I don't necessarily believe in it Dave Allison he's an amazing chap he talks about value graphics rather than um, demographics so you want to kind of market and sell to people's values rather than whether they're 18 or, or or 80 but it must have been I guess an interesting kind of time for you over the last kind of uh, 12 to 18 months sort of going through through lockdown so from the perspective of, of, of an 18 year old what what has the last kind of 18 months meant for for you and has it kind of changed your outlook on on the world and maybe where you want to go and what what, what you want to do what, what's kind of been the the narrative and the conversation within your within your peers yeah I think there's been <clears throat> I think there's been a lot of good and bad sides to it but generally speaking for what from what I've seen in like the social aspect of things like 
it was a very hard time like for people my age because because we were turning like I turned 18 during lockdown obviously that's when you want to be going out having fun mm-hmm. doing all this fun stuff uh but like even from the school point of view like the school had to bring in a mental health nurse obviously yeah. people were struggling and mental health did become a big thing during that and I think a lot of people have realized that but more specifically I found it like as a time you can just get your head down and like research something and I don't think I'd be doing what I was doing now if I didn't have it yeah because it was a time where you can use it obviously there was times where it was hard just being locked in your room and doing nothing basically but then it just made you want to be productive and because you weren't going out every weekend and things like this you actually had time to do things so yeah there was good and bad to it and I think it's obviously led me to where I am now mm-hmm. but but yeah a lot of people did benefit from it and I think a lot of people have looked back and seen it as a time they could have used but they did waste yeah because I know a lot of people have started like things like TikTok and stuff like this and now they've got some people I know have got a million followers on it just from starting during lockdown yeah and that's where they are now but yeah, it was there was a big a lot of difference. Everyone's in the everyone's unique, obviously, mm-hmm. and each person dealt with it differently. But the general thing was the general few things were like the mental health side where that was quite poor. Uh and then obviously people were starting their own businesses and things like this, which was good to see. Yeah. But yeah, that that was the rough ass rough rough outline of what happened, I think, from my generation. But and I think the 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 mental health kind of conversation has has really kind of been brought to bear across across all age profiles and yeah. you know it's really for large organizations small organizations um it was a real shift in terms of how they had to in, in the space of basically 24 hours you know spin yeah. up into a completely remote um you know remote environment and then you know people having different working environments at um at home in terms of set up access to technology and, and so on so it's you know, even for me, I found it incredibly hard. I had moments yeah. of real kind of, oh my, and back then, you know, I, was, I, I had my own business and um, incredibly stressful when you kind of watch your pipeline evaporate in a, in a matter of yeah. hours um, where clients, you know, just not spending money on, on external um, consultants. And it, it wasn't, wasn't unique for me, but of course you're sitting there, well, while I'm sitting there going, how are you going to pay the mortgage next uh, next month? And it kind of just brought to bear kind of everything and you know? it feels yeah. like we're now on the coming through the other uh the other side of it you know having to get through the um uh, the winter but i also you know the the interesting thing from my perspective is that if i look at kind of what what i went through um when i was 18 19 20 very lucky when you know when i was able to go on a gap year um funded by my um uh, my parents which is very very generous of them but we had a lot less to to deal with because we didn't have social media we didn't have yeah. this, kind of this, this pressure of there are set always on and i reflect you know back on our ps one of our ps2 ps3 and playing doom and kind of all those games and kind of how i reflecting on going god if i and youtube was a thing kind of back back then just starting if one of thought to get onto youtube and start recording you playing video games where where that could have um uh, where that could have led led you but we just did not have this kind of level of um, pressure, dare I say it, and dare I say also addiction in in, in some cases. Yeah. In terms of social media, kind of more more broadly, I mean, what a what channels are you, are you on, and what 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 are you seeing again in your 
in your community, your peers, in terms of what what impact that is having, both positive because you know you wouldn't be able to yeah. do what you do without access to kind of all this amazing stuff, but also the negative side of things. Yeah. So regarding what platforms are on, I'm quite a te- technological person. I'm interested in a lot of technology, and I'm on pretty much every, yeah. everything there is. Uh, as are a lot of people uh, my age, even if they don't use it, I'm sure they've got a profile on almost every every platform now. But um, the thing with social media, I find, is that you're always on. Like, as you said, you've always you're always with people. It feels like you're always with people. You're always sending pictures to people, always messaging people. There's not a minute until you actually go to bed. Like even people say, stay off your phone half an hour before you go to bed. But I don't think many people do. Like until the moment you actually go to bed, and then you wake up and you're back on it. You're just always messaging. You've got notifications popping up, and it is addictive. Like you see something pop up, you just you just look at your phone like. But you don't realize it, but it is an addiction. And I think that's just the way we're living now. And like the way TikTok and social medias are created to addict you. I think it's natural for for us all to be addicted to them because that's what that's what they're intending to do. So yeah, but obviously there is good, good uh, sides to it. Like within I think two, three days, my whole school had had Zoom set up, all the teachers were trained on it. Yeah, so like that, like you wouldn't be able to do that. To 10 20 years ago like it just wouldn't even less than that it wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do it people wouldn't be able to use it so um it let us keep our education up and now like my job is working from my computer mm-hmm. the offices are just just north of london so obviously i can't get down there i live near birmingham so i can't get there every day but it allows me to do a role like that just from my computer and i can call people and interact with people as if i am in an office which is good and uh also uh, like the connection side of things, like obviously meeting people like you through LinkedIn, like we talked about it on my podcast. I think LinkedIn's a really powerful platform that a lot of people from my generation haven't got a hold of yet. Yeah. But just being able to reach out to almost anyone and on a platform like LinkedIn, anyone, anyone will help you almost if they reply. Uh, and you can get started in the conversation and end up with something like this where you're always learning and building connections. But I think just building a routine into it and trying to take time away as hard as it is, is good, but it's just not something that seems viable to our generation for some reason. Well, I, you know, I, it's not your, I mean, so it's, it, it's all generations and, you know, yeah. I dread the, uh, the, I have an iPhone when it gives you a screen time at the end of each week, yeah. <laughs> what you've been doing. And of course, the challenge is, is that, you know, we've been forced, this has been forced upon us, you know, in this last, you know, in the last 18 months, two years, this kind of 24-7 screen time of just kind of sitting in a room, staring at a laptop or staring at a phone on Zoom calls and Teams calls. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this develops around kind of the hybrid, the hybrid kind of workspace yeah. now, being, uh, now being talked about. But just reflecting then on your comments around um, LinkedIn and it's still not that prevalent in your you know 18 19 roles or 17 18 years because i think you can have your linkedin from the age of um 13 which i think is a little bit yeah a little bit strange but certainly you know i could see i would advise certainly when you're in sixth form and up so a levels and beyond you, sh- you would want to start building out yeah. on uh, on linkedin why why do you believe that it's still re- that the take-up still relatively um low with you know with your your peers because I think with other social medias compared to LinkedIn, what you can actually get out of LinkedIn is 100, 100 times more than just browsing through Instagram, TikTok. Like 
you're just yeah. being fed garbage on those. But LinkedIn, you can browse it for a few hours and you come out feeling like you've learned something. That's what I see anyway. From, mm-hmm. Obviously, it depends who you follow and stuff. But generally, yeah. I think that's what, what you get on LinkedIn. But then the amount of people I know on LinkedIn and like, not just on it, but actively use it compared to the social medias that yeah. are just, like feeding you crap is, is like way off. So that's why I think it's undervalued and I think it will have a big <clears throat> blow up soon but yeah I think as people get older they realize the importance of a network and I think LinkedIn provides <clears throat> your online network for yeah. you and that's what yeah without so reflecting <clears throat> on that is and I and I it's I think I know what the answer is. I know what the answer is is it because the other platforms a just from a, from a virality perspective um they're able to just attract you know the masses obviously facebook's been around for as long as facebook's been around close to three billion monthly active users across all of its um all of its platforms but is do you believe that linkedin's just not cool and because it doesn't have the filters because you can't do the <coughs> second 30 seconds 60 you know, three minute um videos although i'm now starting to see more and more TikTok videos kind of morph onto uh, onto LinkedIn. So they're created on TikTok and then they're re- I've even done it myself, you know, re- repurposed there. So do you believe that it's because it's that? And then a follow-up question, is there also, um, is it because that's in the education system, and I appreciate you're already doing it from your experience at your, your school, so this isn't kind of empirically statistical data, um, but it's not being taught in class, if you will, kind of from a business perspective that and I, don't, I don't know why this would be because I think it should be part and parcel of kind of every student that's leaving school should be kind of taught about the importance of building an on, online network so um, it's just not trendy and then it's not actually made um, relevant to your peers would, would that be a fair assumption do you think? Yeah I don't, I don't think it's that it's not cool because like when people see you've got a profile on LinkedIn and you've got a big connection and I think that it, it does seem quite cool to me okay. anyway, but I think it's more that it's just, I don't know, it's just the addictive side of things you'd rather. It's just easier to get home from school or work today yeah. and sit there just scrolling through funny videos and just things that obviously just give you dopamine, short-term dopamine in your brain. It just comes back to the addictive side. I don't know if you've seen the the social dilemma, that documentary, yeah. where, as I said, things are literally just designed to keep you on there. And the way they do that is just feeding you information, you like funny information you want to see. And I think with LinkedIn, you've actually got to learn on it. Mm-hmm. So, so just people switch off, basically. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we all talk about the nefarious algorithm on LinkedIn, and it's the one that everybody tries to um, tries to crack. But it's, you know, it's certainly not as... Um, yes there's the whole you know it's basically gambling psychology and how all these yeah. platforms how, how all these platforms work but certainly with the other ones there seems to be it's much more um granular in terms of the type of content that they push yeah. to uh, to keep you and of course they they survive on majority of them purely on advertising whereas linkedin doesn't thank goodness um yes it has an advertising aspect to it but it's got its recruitment tools it's got its you know business development tools yeah. and you can pay for premium services on LinkedIn as an individual to give you more access, or of course all the other ones are free. So if something's free, then we all know that you are the um, uh, you are the, the the product as it as it were. So then, what? I mean, like you, you, the fact that you and I are talking, the fact that you're you know you've already set up kind of your own business, you run your podcast, you're you you are unique in the fact that um, I would suggest you're technologically 
curious. So when did you first um, get onto LinkedIn and what kind of prompted you to think, you know what, I'm going to give this platform a go? I can't remember when I first signed it. I will have signed it really young, probably put some fake birthday down just because I wanted to be on every sort of <laughs> platform and just see what see what it was like. But I started de- like actually developing my profile properly around around my G- just after GCSEs coming into okay. the sit form type thing, as you suggested, because I just saw it as an opportunity to speak to people and and see what's on there. And it was just information that I'd rather read sometimes than just flicking through Instagram. So that's the reason I set up. And then I quite enjoyed the professional side of it. Like it made, even though I was only just a school student, it made me feel quite important. Yeah. Putting all my uh, education and qualifications and building up this, this profile that people can see me on. So I think that's the main reason I started to do it. And then I just got into it, like putting a few posts on there and just, yeah, I, I just quite like the platform to be honest and think it's an actual useful, actually useful to be on. That's good. We should uh, get LinkedIn marketing to get hold of that clip, <laughs> get them to, uh, to to put it out. But you know, to, to your point, what what's interesting in terms of the work that I've done o- over the years, I've worked with you know they're not quite boomers, but they're kind of the the the, the Gen X into into boomers, so late forties, early fifties, and they had the same reaction to you when you kind of talk to them about what the LinkedIn profile is today versus. You know, what it was five, 10 years ago, it was basically a CV, you know, CV recruitment shop and explain to them and work them through that your profile is a window into you as a, as a person. That's certainly what we've seen over the last two years or so that LinkedIn has evolved massively in terms of the type of content that's been shared on there, the type of engagement, types yeah. of conversation that happen. I get the same reaction in terms of that, that sense of pride, that sense of yeah. um, uh, I can now start to get the value out of this platform and i i believe that you know, that's the transition that linkedin is going through now is that the older generation that grew up with it it was just a place to get a job yeah it was a place for recruitment consultants you were hassled by recruitment consultants so therefore i'm only going to come on i'm only going to come on it when i need to get something out of it yeah. whereas you, know, you are already echoing what linkedin is becoming is this place of community it's this place of you know learning and uh, and development and to um uh, to help each other so it's also going through um an interesting kind of transformation from my perspective because they're kind of having to cater for four generations or four profile of generation at the moment and you know you sometimes get certain demographic going this isn't facebook you should you shouldn't be sharing this type of content on there yes your generation that's that, that's coming through and the the millennials this this is pretty much how my perception is how you all communicate with each other and of course their future revenue streams are you so yeah. they need in my view to create a platform that is going to appeal to your generation the next generation sort of the uh, the mid-20s the late late 20 type sort of um uh, profile where your 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 communication will come you know come onto this a little bit further your communication style and approach in my view and feel free to disagree it's very different to the communication style that i certainly grew up with the older generation you grew up with because pre-social media you've had to you know ask your parents for permission to use the phone as that was you know fixed to a, a wall with a telephone cord literally going going to it and then you'd phone up and you'd have to have a polite conversation with the mum or the dad at the at the other end before you know can I speak to Jacob or you know yes how is it how yeah. is it at school or you had to go you know if you went out with your friends 
Um, if you couldn't get home in time, you had to go find a phone box and put 10p yeah. into a physical phone box and then remember your telephone numbers to um, to phone to phone home to say you're going to be uh, you're you're going to be late. And you know, some might say a a simpler time, but we were then how can I put this? We were social in a different in a different way because it was predominantly um, physical. There's a physical human human yeah. contact. Then if I, and, you know, we talked about this in your podcast around kind of sales, is that if I look at then kind of my role into selling was 100% face-to-face as an estate agent, then in recruitment was 100% phone-based and face-to-face. And then we see this morph, email comes, social comes, and that there is a, um, rightly or wrongly, a view that the, again, younger generation Whilst they're, whilst they're social in terms of the digital sense, the generation aren't necessarily that confident in a face-to-face environment because they're so used to being in kind of the the, the digital environment. No, I agree. Is, yeah. that, is that fair? Do you, is is, is yeah. that a fair <laughs> brushstroke some, some summary, do you feel, do you believe? Yeah, I'd agree. And I think it just just down to the fact that you don't get practice at it anymore you don't like when as you said when you were younger you were out with your friends you just it just doesn't seem to be done anymore so so you've obviously had a lot of practice at speaking to people face to face as you said picking up the phone speaking to people's parents like you don't need to do that anymore and just speaking to different people like even when our generation do meet people it's normally Mm -hmm. just your friends and you can just text them straight away be there at this time yeah you don't have to speak to anyone else you don't have to learn to interact with different generations different types of people you're just around the people you like being with and and that's it really so I think it is a fair assumption yeah and comes with comes with its benefits and downfalls as you said like obviously typically our generation is good at texting on social media and eventually we'll be able to use this in industries like sales and stuff Mm -hmm. when technology becomes a bit bigger but then again it comes the like social side of things is is a bit down I think yeah so, I mean, what, what, what do you, and again, it's just that there is, I don't believe there is a single answer to this because it's a very, it's a very complex kind of situation that one that we, we find ourselves, find ourselves in. And kind of, we're now starting to say, you know, in-person networking events are, are happening again. As even like, for, you know, people are trying to, how should I shake hands? Should I not shake hands? How do we go back kind of Greece? It's all the stuff that was just totally normal to us. It's, it's kind of been changed, uh, changed anyway. So what, and it would have been interesting if you'd taken the EY gig um, because an amazing organization, client, you know, clients of mine, because obviously you're now in a small, nimble, fast-moving, fast-moving business where you kind of got this environment and this environment is kind of normal for them. But how do you how do you think the the generation is or flip on its head? How do you believe that an employer should go about um, acknowledging <laughs> that this is kind of the world that you are in? But how how can they help and coach your generation to understand that yes, that's what you do, but in the world of business for the time being, and I this is for the going to be for the next 10 years, 10 years or so. Um, that this is kind of how you need to go about you know doing business, going to networking events when you go to business meetings for the for the for the first time, or if you're going to be expected to kind of generate 
generate sales. So maybe from anything you've seen at you know at school or what you've seen in your own conversations, how do you believe that an employer should go about this approach when, dare I say it, if they haven't got kids, they may not necessarily understand the world that you're in other than what you see in the daily mail <laughs> yeah well i think the uh like i did do the whole application process for ey so i went through it and did all the interviews and stuff and the way that they went about it was they just had their thing you apply for it you do some psychometric tests mm -hmm. and and some numeracy tests and all that and then you do a interview with a recorded interview so it's not with anyone you just record they send you some questions yeah. you have a timer which, which was a bit weird to be honest just speaking to nobody but I guess some people would like that as well not having someone face to face but I prefer I preferred the actual interviews where you'd speak to someone and mm -hmm. did like get what they wanted to hear and things like that but yeah I think employers nowadays should just be more considerate on the extracurricular side of things rather than just just uh if someone hasn't got good GCSE grades or A-level grades then that's like I wouldn't even look at their CV and stuff. I think, to be honest, I think CVs personally are a bit outdated. Like mm -hmm. the guy, the guy that employed me, Connor, he's still quite young, so he he was probably just a generation above me. And he yeah. he basically said to me from from having a podcast and what he's seen me do it on social media, that's the reason he would like to. He can tell from that that I'm switched on. He would like to employ me that way rather than like, he's never once asked to see my GCSE grades or my A level grades because I don't think they obviously are important. It gives you something to take pride in and work towards at a young age, but they're not, not the be all and end all. And just because someone has good grades, it doesn't mean that they're, they're perfect for the role. I think social, you need to have a lot more, a lot more interviews, basically one-to-one -to, -one to get, because people don't like a lot of people haven't had an interview that I know uh, my age anyway, in their whole lives basically. And they can go to an employer and get a job without having an interview now. But I think having an interview and you can define the people who have got the social skills that you're looking for and just, just taking these extra skills rather than just school, school-based skills yeah. and bringing them more into the situation because it would give, give younger people more of an opportunity to develop their skills and it will start in schools themselves. They'll start bringing in courses that, that help you develop like extra skills rather than just your academic ability. And I think you're right. And um, it's an interesting, you certainly see you know, the more the more traditional firms um, are changing their hiring processes because yeah. they recognize that what was right 20 years ago, 10 years ago, doesn't fit the modern world, um, you know, modern world uh, today. And, you know, I've, I've started my new role with PA Consulting and I don't fit the mold. I don't fit the mold in terms of, what a traditional consultant um, uh, would look like. And it was based on actually experience of working with me rather than necessarily looking at a piece of uh, a piece of paper. Yeah. And I think that I think you're right. There has to be a balance between academia where academia is required for an aspect of the yeah, role yeah, versus yeah. to your point, your current employer, um, you know, saw what you did online, right? You, you've got yeah. to some go, you've got the technical capability. That's, that's, that's what I want. You're demonstrating it straight out of the gate. That's what I'm um, I'm looking for. And yeah, like obviously for an, for a role like an engineer, you're gonna need a good maths <laughs> grade, obviously, or a physics grade. But just you don't need like your English literature grade to be an A star to do that. That's that's what I dislike about it. Completely, yeah, completely agree. And I think it also then it also precludes 
good people um, who maybe just not have not not had a fortunate start in life in terms of just how they happen to find to find themselves yeah. who could be more than capable to develop into um, you know the future whatever it might be, which is why you know I think apprentice, apprenticeships are a really good and positive thing because it creates diversity of thought, diversity yeah. um, of uh, of people and, uh, and and so on. And I think that people often almost sacrifice their social skills because they want to get the top grades across the whole board. Like when I did GCSEs, I think I did 10 or 11 GCSEs. So to try and get, try and get like an A star in all of them, you'd have to sacrifice a lot of your social time to do that. And that's what some people decide to do because they want to, they think it's the, the way to get anywhere in life is to have the best grades, but they obviously sacrifice going out and meeting new people for that, which I think is, is quite bad. I completely agree, and just living life. You know, you're, you're, yeah. you you only have one goal on this uh, this ride, so make sure that you um, yeah. uh, that you enjoy. And then, in terms of, uh, I'm trying to think how what's the best way to kind of put this. So, and from your generation, in terms of an expectation of an of an employer from a uh, kind of a technology standpoint, a use of social media um, standpoint, based on how you now live your lives and how you communicate you know, communicate with each other is there kind of a, a sense or is there there needs to be kind of a baseline from you from your perspective in terms of the the technology capabilities or the technology that an organization can can provide that you would consider working for them versus well they don't have xyz therefore they don't care who the brand is i'm not going to go and work for them yeah i think so i think i think companies now have a standard to maintain of the technology they use and me personally I wouldn't probably wouldn't go to a company that's outdated in the way they use social media and other technologies I'm a big fan of fan of AI so if I see a company looking they might not be using it yet but if they've got a plan to incorporate it into the future Mm -hmm. I think that's the big big uh big bonus and especially on the social media front because it's the way it's what we all know how to use now so if a firm isn't involved in it at all I think it is quite outdated and is something that would put someone off yeah and you know on on social media it's it's, it's, it's an interesting one because um we're you know we leave a digital footprint wherever wherever we uh we are and of course you, know, you talk about what we, what's on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook it doesn't really it doesn't really matter um all I can say is I'm very glad that social media didn't exist when I was your age because I wouldn't want anything that I did um yeah. documented when I was having fun yet we seem to be um living in this in, in this world there's a piece the other day around TikTok in terms of we're almost it feels like that generation feels like they have to document like every aspect of yeah. of their of their their lives and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Jim Carrey film The Truman Show which is around, you know, it's a, it's a film around the Truman Show, and he he, he realizes he's actually in a show, which the world are, are watching. Okay. Everything that he's doing is kind of forced yeah. upon him without he kind of a bit like Sims, I guess, yeah. without him him realizing. Now, of course, prospective employers can can potentially see that. So you talk around your current employer, saw the good that you're doing, all that kind of that that, that kind of stuff. But do does your generation give consideration to you know what they're doing now may impact them at some point in in the future or is it young young and carefree it doesn't matter i'll worry about that if and when yeah i think i think a bit of both like obviously we have a lot of 
from a young age now you have a lot of talks on social media and just the internet in general about about your your uh, footprint online mm-hmm. and that from like the age of 10 11 you're told like your your future employers will see this but then it comes down to the fact that you actually care and think about that when you're doing something stupid at that age which I don't think you do right but as as you grow up like even when I was younger to be fair it wasn't it wasn't that big to record stuff like we just had like messaging things still wasn't that as developed as it is today so that's a bit better but now I think like you just have to be so careful because especially when you're like drunk or something people are always recording stuff and if you just do one thing stupid you can get put on Instagram and yeah it could be the end of your career already pretty much like indeed well you saw you know what happened at the euros the euro finals and all the video footage that started to come out from from that and then reading festival some of the stuff i'm seeing that's appearing on tiktok and these people have no idea they're being filmed in a certain state or situation that they that they find themselves and it's kind of um you know it's kind of out there and i guess from an employer perspective that that's what employers have to kind of wrestle with this balance between allowing their employees to be their employees but in the same respect you represent the, the, the yeah, brand yeah, yeah. and but in this case is for to your point somewhat you know something to go awry then it's all of a sudden ex-employee at company exactly, that's, <laughs> does, that's you know, does this silly prank or um or or, or what have you um so think, yeah and in fairness you know, it happens to the best of us um yeah so, i mean i think situations where always done like everyone's done something like that it's just your look on who gets it filmed or not, like yeah. if you know what I mean, and then that's what goes out there. In, what... in, indeed, um, yeah. I mean, you, you could be. I've partners at law firms have fallen foul of this. You know, senior individuals have fallen foul of this. You know, recently over lockdown, people filming internal video calls when they weren't happy with this and this being leaked. It's 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 a tricky thing to um uh, to to navigate. So uh, you mentioned you were on, on as we kind of wrap this, uh, wrap this up, you mentioned that you were on uh, lots of platforms. Is there a platform out there which maybe I haven't um, heard of? So I'm, used, I'm, I'm aware of lots of the usual suspects. So you've got Facebook, Insta, TikTok, Snapchat, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, obviously, there's obviously WhatsApp. There's Telegram. Yeah. Are there any other ones that um that maybe maybe one that we haven't heard of that as a parent one should be aware of or um an up and coming uh, one an up and coming one maybe? I think Telegram's quite a new one that's being used a lot now for uh, various group chats, especially in the whole crypto world. Mm-hmm. Everyone's using Telegram now to promote their to promote loads of things really, which I think it's a good platform to use. But there's also platforms like. Discord. I don't know if you heard mm-hmm. that. It's been around. It's been around for years, but but uh, I think that's almost making a comeback now. Like I've I've been invited to a few chats on that. But other than that, no. It's it's more based around the main ones really, and then and then you just get sent to other links and other websites where you can do stuff, but not really a whole whole platform. No. So we need to be across all. Um, uh... All platforms, it would uh, it would seem, but also understand, you know, yeah. what your generation is kind of not going through, but how your generation communicates and uh, and so on. So, um, Jacob, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on my podcast. Thank you uh, Thanks so for having me on. Um, feel free to connect with Jacob. I'll put his link into the profiles. I still can't do this thing on YouTube um, correctly, wherever it's meant to um, to go. And if you've listened to this podcast, please feel free to reach out to um, Jacob. But Jacob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yep. Thanks again, Alex.